You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Better Health with April. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are not going to want to miss this episode. It's going to be so awesome because we are going to be learning about the second phase of our cycle and how we can use food and supplements and vitamins to nourish our cycle and avoid any possible side effects that many women experience because of their 28-day hormonal cycle. So let's dive right in. We are going to begin with the ovulation phase. Now this is kind of like the third phase of your cycle and it occurs around um, day 14 or so, give or take a few days. And what is happening during this time is the FSH, the follicle-stimulating hormone, drops and the LH, the luteinizing hormone, actually surges. And that surge actually causes testosterone to also peak. And also during this time, estrogen is peaking as well. So a lot is going on with our hormones. And I like to call this phase the maintenance phase. So I'm giving it the word maintain because you really just need at this point to maintain your nourishment and maintain um, getting enough nutrients through your food and through your supplements. Um, However, you're not going to want to overload on any carbs or any protein or any certain fats. You're just really going to want to maintain so that you are um, really nourishing the egg um, that is going to be eventually released. So also the reason why that it is given the name maintain is because your estrogen is peaking at that time. So the cause of the estrogen peaking at the time um, will result in you not just being as hungry as you may normally be. You may realize that you don't have as many cravings and it's because of that estrogen. So you're going to focus on quality over quantity of food. So you want to get the quality nutrients and the quality food that you need. So, you know, focusing on avocados and nutritious meats and um, great vegetables that are going to nourish your body, but you don't want to overdo it. Because you're going to oftentimes, you may feel a little heavier than normal if you do overeat. And if you're not as hungry, don't don't eat that much. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And so a lot of times I like to think of it as this. And especially during the ovulation period, I don't crave quite as much of the fatty animal foods. So, you know, maybe the rich, denser meats like red meats and such. Um, I'm craving more so of possibly richer foods, but richer foods that are vegetable-based and plant-based. So more of like the avocado richness versus like a steak richness and the gravy richness. Um, I'm craving more of like, you know, nuts like walnuts and pecans and avocado fat and richness compared to that. And so that's what you actually want to gravitate towards. So oftentimes the ovulation phase is given the term of summer because the foods that you want to focus on are going to be more summer-like. So you're really going to want to focus on a raw um, plant-based diet during this time along with some quality meats as well that you get the most bang for your buck, I guess you could say, with the protein. So you don't want to be, you know, having stuff that's a lot harder to digest 
um, but focusing on proteins that are easier to, to digest, but you're still getting a lot of nutrients with it. So proteins such as eggs or um, salmon and fish um, or lamb. So those are all great proteins that are not going to weigh you down, but they're going to give you a little bit of energy um, despite not needing as much energy from foods and carbs because the estrogen is really pumping out, um, giving you the energy that you need. So yeah, so focusing on a summer-like diet where, you know, the vegetables are raw, so you can get a lot of um, powerful effects from like onions and garlic um, when it's more raw or lightly steamed. So focusing on your cooking method as well during the ovulation phase in a way where you're not really cooking too much, just lightly steaming or keeping it raw like in a salad. Um, so a great example would be to have a nutritious salad that um, all raw foods on it. You got a lot of the amazing different lettuces on it. You have raw onions and then throw um, a small chunk of salmon on it as well to get that protein and you get the good omega-3s from the salmon also. So uh, maybe throw a few chunks of avocado in there as well. Um, that's an example of something that you might have during the ovulation phase that would really sit well with you give you um, enough energy and fill you up, but not overload you. Because like I said, we're focusing on quality over quantity at that time. Now, you're also going to want to focus on getting enough fiber as well. So um, I know in the last episode, I talked a lot about fiber. Um, you're going to still want to maintain getting enough fiber. So keeping your gut in check is important because it's going to set you up for success for the, sec the next phase that's coming up after, which is the luteal phase where you're more likely to be constipated because of progesterone. So focusing on the fiber right now to keep things going, to get the estrogen um, going through your body versus sitting in your body and then building up, which can cause a lot of problems and PMS as well. So focusing on the fiber. Um, and then also because you have a lot of estrogen and different hormones going on in your body at this time, you really want to focus on maintaining your liver as well. Because the liver is ultimately like, detoxifying your body, pumping a lot of that estrogen and hormones through it to make sure that your body is um, optimized. So you want to take care of your liver. And so by focusing on glutathione, um, different foods that can help boost your glut glutathione levels are going to be um, sulfur foods. So like um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, those have um, glutathione boosting effects along with antioxidant rich foods as well. So, you know, maybe like berries or um, different tropical fruits as well. That's like summer like and then also like red and yellow peppers. Those have a lot of antioxidants. And because of the antioxidant content being higher, it's going to produce and boost your glutathione levels as well, which helps to take care of your liver. A few other supplements that are good during this time and to get from not only maybe a supplement, but food in general um, is going to be like magnesium. So because you are nourishing an egg and there's a lot going on, um, magnesium can oftentimes get depleted during this time. And I know in um, phase one and two, I focused on, you know, getting enough magnesium in your diet. You're also going to do that during ovulation. And guess what? Also in the luteal phase as well. So it's something that you always want to continue to have including your diet or take a supplement of. I like to take magnesium right before bed. I take about two capsules um, to get 
my digestion um, in check. It rests my body. It de-stresses me. And then I get ready for bed and I'm all relaxed. So magnesium has a lot of benefits to it. And you want to focus on making sure that you um, have enough levels of it or high enough level of it in your body um, during this time as well. Then, um, like I said, protein, you want the best bang for your buck. So focusing on things that are lighter but still have enough protein, so like lamb, eggs, and fish. Um, But then I also want to bring up zinc. So zinc is something that you pretty much want to continue to always have a good level of all throughout your whole cycle. Um, During ovulation, though, it's great to um, really boost the quality of your eggs and it keeps your whole body staying fresh as well. And so zinc is great to get from um, sunflower seeds. So if you're seed cycling, um, getting sunflower seeds into your diet during this time. And pumpkin seeds actually have a lot of it as well. So um, seed cycling is another um, conversation that we can have. But phase one and two, um, just for a brief overview, you would focus on getting pumpkin seeds and flax seeds in your diet. And that will set you up for success for the second half of your phase where you're going to then focus on sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. Um, Different discussion on that later on, um, but that's a great way that you can um, regulate your cycle as well with doing one easy change to your life. Now, during ovulation, and this oftentimes happens to me, women can experience different headaches or migraines. Now, this is because of the surge in different hormones and the peak of estrogen and then dropping right after ovulation. So I have a susceptibility to um, producing more histamine in my body just because of my genetic makeup and a lot of other women do as well. It's something that is can be oftentimes common in um, the world today and there's a lot of foods that can actually promote histamine in your body as well. And so the thing with histamine is when you produce more of it, and you cannot um, produce, produce enough DAO to suppress all the histamine and get rid of it all, you produce too much histamine. And then too much histamine in your body will ultimately um, produce too much estrogen. And the too much estrogen will ultimately produce too much histamine. And it's just a vicious cycle. So um, during the ovulation phase, histamine can actually cause headaches. And if you have too much estrogen, it can cause a headache during that time. So you want to really focus on maybe um, limiting your levels of histamine in your body. So focusing on foods that um, will actually get rid of it. So that's high antioxidant foods, different berries and everything like that. But then also avoiding foods that will produce more of it. So there's different types of foods that um, will produce histamine and cause histamine to Um, produce more often in your body. And then there are some foods that will actually, it's called histamine releasing foods that will um, allow for the histamine to be in your body more often, I guess you could say. And so some different foods like that actually include like avocados and chocolate is a histamine releasing food, unfortunately. Um, Aged meats, um, cheeses, actually leftovers have a lot of histamine in it. So um, It'd be a great idea to look up look up a list on the internet to see um, an overview of what are different histamine causing foods and maybe avoiding it during ovulation if you know that you frequently get headaches during that time. Then um, also because of the high estrogen levels, 
um, you don't need extra boosts of energy from carbs. So focusing on lighter carbs during this time is a great idea. So maybe like quinoa, you get some carbs in it, also some protein. Um, that's enough to nourish your body and keep you maintained with your energy. Um, and you also want to focus on just making sure that your body is nourished, um, getting enough nutrients that it needs during the time so that you don't experience anovulation. Now, anovulation is when you don't actually ovulate. And when you're not actually ovulating, you're not going to end up producing progesterone. And progesterone is crucial to maintaining your cycle as well. So we can talk about anovulation in a different episode, but just making sure that you continue to nourish your body during this time. Don't avoid um, eating foods and you know not eating it enough and then focusing on foods that are not as healthy for you. You want to stay away from doing that because you don't want to cause your body to be depleted and then you may not end up experiencing ovulation, which is super crucial for your whole entire cycle and your health in general. So let me explain why. During this phase, you're really going to want to focus on balancing blood sugar levels, balancing the progesterone to the estrogen levels as well, and balancing your diet. And we'll dive a little more into what that entails in the upcoming minutes. Um, But a common season that is given for the luteal phase is the fall season because a lot of the foods actually pertain to fall. And um, you'll see some of the examples a little later on. Let's just quickly go over what's going on with your hormones though at this time. So for example, the FSH, the follicle stimulating hormone, and LH, the luteinizing hormone, along with testosterone are all low. Now, the two hormones that are actually going to increase during this time though um, is mainly your progesterone and the estrogen will also be increasing slightly as well. Now, you want to make sure that the estrogen does not dominate over the progesterone. And that's another reason why I called this phase um, the balance phase, because you really want to do a good job of trying to balance your progesterone to your estrogen levels and not allowing to the estrogen to get too high, because then you could experience a lot of um, PMS symptoms and estrogen toxicity and um, all sorts. So because of the progesterone and the estrogen mix at this time, um, you're going to actually be retaining a lot more water than normal because the two estri- um, the two hormones are actually disrupting your fluid and your sodium levels in your body. And um, personally, I think this is because during the luteal phase, your body is getting ready to possibly um, nourish and grow a baby. So you're obviously going to want to make sure you have good, uh, like, healthy enough levels of fluid in your body to stay hydrated. And you don't want your body to get dehydrated during this time, especially if you're going to be growing a baby. Um, You want to nourish the baby as much as possible. So your body is accumulating enough water to make sure that you are equipped to do the job of growing a baby. So um, that's personally why I think that. And um, because you're going to be retaining a lot more water, um, you're going to want to watch your sodium intake. Now, um, salt is like sodium is great for you. It's an electrolyte. But during this phase, if you have too much of that, it can actually hold on to even more water in your body and cause a little more puffiness and bloating. And um, nobody obviously wants that. 
So um, during this time, you're also going to be craving more sugar because your blood sugar is something that you're going to want to stabilize. And so when you have, you know, um, a low blood sugar or blood sugar spikes, you oftentimes tend to crave more sugar, which is not good because that's going to retain more water as well. That's going to actually promote estrogen dominance, um, which will in turn um, end up producing more PMS symptoms. So if you are craving sugar at this time, you know, not giving into the cravings of, you know, a cake or a bowl ice cream, but, you know, possibly giving into more of like just a banana, um, you're going to get that fiber in that, um, which will help keep you regular and get that estrogen um, pumping out of your body and not sitting in your body or like an apple or very dark chocolate. Um, the dark chocolate's going to give you ma- more magnesium. The apple also has fiber in it as well with some antioxidants. So um, those are much better choices, obviously, than giving into like cake or cookies or something. Now, um, the progesterone in your body oftentimes can actually create more constipation. So you really want to focus during this phase on fiber-rich foods. And I know I sound like a broken record because I brought that up in like all the other phases as well. However, during this phase, you really want to avoid constipation because when you are constipated, you have estrogen sitting in your body not being released and that estrogen will go back into your body and then you will have too much estrogen in your body sitting there. Um, That's going to end up producing more PMS symptoms and you don't want the estrogen to dominate over the progesterone because that progesterone is going to what's keep it's what's going to keep you more calm um keep anxiety at bay make you feel um good compared to irritable or annoyed which a lot of women sometimes do experience during that time it is really difficult to balance the progesterone to estrogen levels especially with a lot of the foods that we consume nowadays and the um, environmental toxins in the air and you name it but um trying to Um, maintain that as much as possible and having responsibility over what you consume and what you're um, around as well. Now, um, because of the constipation, like I said, focusing on fiber-rich foods, so a great example of something that will keep you regular is sweet potatoes. Now, it has the fiber, it has a lot of vitamins and minerals in it, and it also balances your blood sugar because Yes, it does have a little bit more um, carbs and sugar to it. That's more of a natural sugar, but it does have a lot of um, fiber in it, which is going to help um, stabilize your blood sugar levels and it's not going to spike because that fiber helps it to just be maintained more so versus like a cookie when you eat it, you're just automatically going to spike your blood sugar. Now, some teas that are a great addition to this phase that's going to avoid bloating, that's going to avoid constipation, and maybe some inflammation as well, are going to be like peppermint tea and ginger tea. Now, those are great for digestion and for constipation. And fennel tea is really great for fluid retention. That's going to allow your body to get rid of a lot of excess fluids that is unwanted during that time. Now, Caffeine. Um, Caffeine is a very controversial topic in the health realm. Now, if you do consume caffeine at all, um, 
I personally recommend if you are going to have coffee to have organic coffee. Um, I really like purity coffee because they test for mold and toxins. Um, because even though you may buy organic coffee, it's still going to contain a lot of that. Um, be, just because of um, pesticides a lot of times are in the air or mold or whatever is still going to accumulate. So purity coffee is organic and they also test for all that to make sure it's as pure as possible. So if you are going to consume caffeine, make sure it's the best kind as possible. However, um, during the ovulation and the luteal phase, you may experience more of that anxiety and um, lightheadedness from caffeine because of your blood sugar levels and the spikes. Now, it might not be the case for everyone, but you may um, notice that a little more during this time. So it's just staying away from it as much as possible because when you promote anxiety and stress in your life, then you're going to produce more estrogen and that's going to lower your progesterone levels. And then you're going to have a short luteal phase, which is not ideal. Alrighty. So also during this time, I personally really do love intermittent fasting and um, intermittent fasting is great. If you do longer fasts, however, you're not going to want to do it during days 21 to 28. So it's the um, later half of the luteal phase because you're going to want to be um, consuming more small frequent meals during the time to stabilize your blood sugar. So when you're fasting um, for long periods of time, um, you know, you might experience difficulties with your blood sugar levels, but most importantly, you're not getting the nutrients and the nourishment you need to maintain the progesterone levels. You really need to make sure that you are like I said before, balancing during this phase so that the progesterone levels are balanced. And when you fast, you don't eat enough calories um, because your metabolic rate is higher during this time. So when you're not getting the calories you need, your body is in a little more of a survival mode and it's not going to produce the progesterone you need. So um, I did mention before um, that your metabolic rate is higher during this time. I mentioned that also in a few episodes back. So because of the increase in progesterone, your metabolic rate actually increases as well. So you're going to want to consume a little more calories um, and that's going to be okay. So you experience more cravings as well because your body's telling you we need a little more food because we have a higher metabolism now. Which is really awesome that our bodies do that and um, actually yeah, implement that. So if you are experiencing cravings, now you want to listen to those cravings. But when you're experiencing cravings for um, carbs, not giving into that loaf of bread or the cakes and cookies, but the craving for carbs is telling you that you need to stabilize your blood sugars a little bit more and you might need to re replenish your body with more vitamins and minerals. And also, um, a drop in serotonin can cause carb cravings too, um, because carbs oftentimes tend to give us a more of a serotonin boost. So just supplementing with complex carbs during the time, so sweet potatoes, like I said before, are a great example, um, and getting all the vitamins you need to stabilize your blood sugar and keep you replenished. Now, chocolate is also known during this phase to be a common craving. So if you're experiencing cravings for chocolate, 
that might mean you are low in magnesium. And I've repeated before of how magnesium is so necessary. And so supplementing with magnesium or just having a few um, squares of very dark chocolate, um, that's okay during this time. Chocolate is actually great. It has a lot of great antioxidants. It's just the sugar or the dairy that are in the bars of chocolate that tend to be the problem. So making sure, you know, it's organic um, and as low of sugar as possible. Maybe you'll find one that's sweetened with more so of like honey or monk fruit extract. Um, Those are better alternatives compared to um, a bar of chocolate that has a lot of sugar in it. Alrighty, what if you're craving carbonated drinks? That's an interesting craving. So that could oftentimes mean you're dehydrated. So make sure you are drinking enough fluids to keep your body flushed, um, to keep it um, hydrated, and to also get rid of um, a lot of buildup. Maybe there's a lot of sodium in your body that's built up. You want to get rid of that, flush it out with um, hydration. And then also, if you're not drinking enough water, you're going to be more constipated, and that's not good, like I said earlier, um, to be constipating during this time out of all phases. All right, what if you're craving something salty? So that oftentimes means you need to replenish your electrolyte fill. Um, You can find different electrolyte supplements that you can put into your water. Um, Make sure it's not sweetened with a whole bunch of sugar and make sure it is the um, appropriate vitamins and minerals that you may need. So if there is like say vitamin B in it, making sure it's the methylated version versus the synthetic version, which is known as cyanocobalamin. Um, It starts with the CY versus the methylated form, which starts with METH. Alrighty, and then if you are craving something sour, that could mean that you have low acid in your stomach. And having low acid oftentimes can actually create heartburn, which you would think it'd be the opposite. So when you have low acid in your stomach, you're not able to digest your food as um, you should be. You're not able to get the nutrients you need from the food because you can't digest it properly. You can experience constipation during that time because of that. So um, a great way to make sure that you have enough acid in your stomach that's at a balanced level is um, to take a little shot of apple cider vinegar. That will actually do wonders for it alkalizes your body. There's so many different benefits to apple cider vinegar. So um, highly recommend that. Alrighty. So also during this time, you are rebuilding your uterine lining to possibly prepare for a baby. So if you're rebuilding your uterine lining, you're going to be craving a lot of fats and that's okay. So like in the ovulation phase, you were craving more raw foods and not as rich of foods But during the luteal phase, because of your higher metabolism, because you're rebuilding your uterine lining, you're going to crave a lot more foods and you're going to be craving um, denser, more protein rich and fattier foods. And that's totally normal. And you want to make sure you are replenishing your body with healthy fats. So you can get the fats from um, grass fed proteins. Um, Grass fed ghee is a great alternative to like regular butter because it just doesn't have the um, lactose in it. Um, Getting healthy fats from taking omega-3 supplements or getting healthy fats from um, salmon has a lot of great fat. Make sure it's wild caught. So if you're craving fats, that's okay. Make sure you supplement your body with the appropriate fats for it. And like I said before, more small frequent meals as well. 
Magnesium, really important during this phase, like all the other phases. Um, magnesium can really help calm your body because a lot of women experience more anxiety, stress, irritability during the luteal phase. So you want to relax your body as much as possible and magnesium is a great way to do that. Um, it also keeps your um, digestion regular, which I, like I said, you don't want to have any constipation. So um, supplementing with magnesium can actually help to um, have more bowel movements along with the fiber. You don't want to forget about that also. So um, what would a meal during the luteal phase look like? Well, let's think about breakfast. Maybe you're going to have some fried eggs. You're getting fat and protein from that, lower carb, and then incorporating like chunked sweet potato that you can make into a hash. The sweet potato is going to give you a lot of vitamins and minerals. It's going to have great fiber and it's going to be a great complex carb that's going to hold you through until the next time you eat and balance your blood sugar. Um, and then you can incorporate some nice greens into that as well. Um, personally, I love a sweet potato hash. So it's eggs, sweet potato, some sauteed onion in there, um, some sliced up mushrooms that are sauteed with it, um, and then some chunks of beets as well. And beets are a great replenisher during this phase um, because they have a lot of vitamins and minerals in it. So um, that's my ideal breakfast during that time. You can do what you want as long as you're maintaining um, healthy fats, proteins, and complex carbs. Like I said, balance. Um, you don't want one extreme to the next. All protein, no fats or carbs. All carbs, no protein or fats. It's all about balance during the luteal phase. All right, a lot of information for you. I hope you were able to take away some of the points that I said. Um, my challenge to you is, after hearing this, you could be overwhelmed. So some steps to take um, that you can implement into your life to, um, you know, use what I basically just taught is during the ovulation phase. Focus more so on raw um, foods that are on the fibrous vegetable side of things and a lighter protein like salmon. But the salmon is light, but it's also giving you a good bang for your buck because it has the healthy fats in it as well. And quality over quantity. So think about how can you incorporate that into your life today during the ovulation phase. Then the luteal phase, I challenge you to focus more so on balancing things. So during your luteal phase, being okay with consuming more calories and loving your body despite the fact that you might be um, a little more puffy, let's just say, because of more fluid retention. Being okay with that knowing that that oftentimes happens, not being discouraged, and then implementing um, a balance of complex carbs with fat and protein as well, and being okay with consuming more calories. Now, I know um, a few years ago, if I was told that I have to consume more calories during that time, it would have been really hard for me because I would have doubted it and thought, no, I'm going to gain weight if I don't. But you can actually gain more weight if you um, consume less calories during that time than more calories because your body is trying to um, maintain energy, trying to get more um, calorie consumption. And if you're not giving it that, it can start to store fat because it's not getting enough and it's more in the survival mode. So it's okay to do it during that time and just love your body during that time um, because that's the most crucial thing. You don't want to be stressing your body at all because that's going to produce um, more weight and just a lot more problems. So hope you took a lot from this. 
Also, I am producing my first website as well. It's the betterhealthpodcast.com. It's not quite finished yet, but a lot of it is done. So if you want to go check it out, feel free to do so. Let me know your thoughts on it. Let me know any suggestions. Like I said, it is not done yet. So if there's something where you're like, what the heck, why'd she leave it like that? Let me just say it's in the process of things and it'll hopefully be done soon. Shoot me a message on there just to let me know that it works. And then um, you can join the Better Health community as well. So hope you took some information from this episode. Like I said before, if you loved it, please feel free to share it. Um, We want to expand our Better Health community and then um, subscribe, rate, and review. It does wonders. So thank you so much, guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend coming up or whenever you're listening to this. Hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk later. Thank you. Better Health with April offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.